I'm angry. <laughs> Leia. 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 Was that recorded? Until now, no. Okay. Well, it's started. Whatever. Okay. So now the people have no idea what we're talking about until now. Good. Okay. Fine. Now they're in suspense. That's we'll right. For the first few All right. <laughs> so. What I want to do is I want to go over what we've learned until now. Um, and then after we've gone over what we've gone until now, then we're going to go forward in the text. Okay? Now. Um, What I'm going to do is I'm going to make a flow chart. You know what a flow chart is? Mm -hmm. Okay. And I really would like it if everybody would make sure that if they don't understand or they're not clear about something, that we address that as the point in the flow chart. That way we don't have to go back and forth because that will confuse people. Okay? Okay. Go as? As alone. Right? So if I'm going to stop. You should Okay. So there's a question on this exact point. Ask it right, right then and there. Okay. All right. So we have things which are klipas noga. Now, what kinds of activities are klipas noga? No. What kinds of activities are klipas noga? That's to fit two criteria. Number one, it is not a mitzvah. And number two, it is not a bear. Okay? So anything, by definition, if it's not a mitzvah, and not an aver, not a sin, it's going to be klipa snoga. Good? Yeah. Now, and we already know that klipa snoga is klipa, which means, is it holy? No. No. What is its effect on holiness? Weakens. It weakens holiness. It's an impurity. It's a contaminant, right? Okay. Now. Okay. Then we move to the next step, where we run into the question of motivation. Okay. When you engage in any activity, which is klipas nogo, you can have one of three motivations. Okay. Number one. Okay. For Hashem. These are motivations. These are the motivations. Okay. So you have the act, and the act can have one of three motivations. Okay. Possibly number two. It can because. It's a need. And possibly number three is lust. Okay? Now let's make sure. What do we mean when we say that something is for Hashem? It means I wouldn't do it. I really wouldn't. Other than how is it for the sake of Hashem? How is eating for the sake of Hashem? How is going to sleep for the sake of Hashem? Other than the fact that it enables me or enhances my ability to do a mitzvah. To do a mitzvah. Okay? So, 
What would it mean to tell a joke for Hashem? To make it easier for people to like, connect with Hashem. To make it easier for people to say learn, make it easier for people to daven, right? Make it easier for people uh, to overcome their desires, right? It's hard to do that when you're all down, right? There's, there's, there's reasons why that might do it. But uh, if that's really what's motivating me, otherwise I wouldn't say the joke, then it's for Hashem, right? You, can you eat food? that tastes good for Hashem? Sure, if you, what you want to do is you want to fill the mitzvah of, well, then it doesn't have to taste good. No. You want to do the mitzvah of? Enjoying Shabbos. Of enjoying Shabbos, right? Making Shabbos enjoyable. You can't make Shabbos enjoyable by eating food that doesn't taste good, right? right. Can I, I can even, during the week, I can eat food that is going to have an effect on me. It's going to make me more alert, make me more upbeat, whatever it is, because I know that that needs an order for Hashem, and that's really why I'm doing it. Okay? If that is my actual motivation, that goes into the first category. Then there's the, end, then there's the thing lust. What is lust? Lust means it's actually no, there's actually no good reason to do it, and I don't care if I'm doing it anyway, because I anticipate that it'll make me feel good. Okay? Why am I doing this? Because I think it'll make me feel good. Is it actually going to help me in any way? Not necessarily. Does it matter? Not, not really. Then I'm doing, that's called lust. That's indulgent. Hebrew would call that typhus. Okay? Okay? And what I want you to think about is this. How do you know if it's a need? It's a need. Well, right. If it's not for Hashem, and two, it's not lust. Okay? Then it's always just, then that's some kind of need, right? Example. Brushing your teeth, going shopping, going to work. Um, you know, chatting with people in a normal, friendly manner. Going shopping and brushing your teeth would be in the same category? Yeah. Shopping to go shopping, shopping, shopping but grocery shopping. But it might be different mixtures of good and bad. Well, for me, it's not less. Like but it's different love, shopping. Shopping. If you're going, yes, I, I shouldn't have used that. Some people go shopping in a way of lust. They go shopping. Let's say grocery shopping. Okay. Um, okay. Or, right. Okay. Um, taking a, taking a, a break because, you know, you need a break. What's that? That goes into a need, right? Okay. So it's a whole range, but it's not for Hashem and it's not plus. Okay. Now, what happens as a result of these motivations? Okay. Is if it's for Hashem, then the klipas nova is. It's absorbed into Kedusha at the moment. Okay, which means if I do something for Hashem, the fact that I did that thing for Hashem, the actual energy in that klipa is now actually strengthening my awareness of Hashem. It's strengthening my bitl to Hashem. It's strengthening my sensitivity to Hashem. It's not just that it enables me to serve Hashem. It actually... In terms, of, in terms of physiologically improving things or, or psychologically improving things, is actually going to affect me positively spiritually. Okay? Mm -hmm. So, 
You read the words of the sitter. Do the words of the sitter necessarily resonate with you all the time? No. no. If you were to do th- live life doing things for Hashem, what would happen then when you daven? The words of the sitter would resonate. Would resonate. Because all of that stuff that you've done was actually not, was not klipas noga, which is desensitizing you to holiness. It's actually klipas noga as it's been absorbed into Kedusha, and Kedusha now strengthens your sense of holiness. Okay? In contrast, what if you do something for lust? into the three impure klipas. And now, that's pretty bad. Okay? Which means, effectively, at the moment you're doing something out of lust, it is, it is affecting you the same way that a sin would affect you. Okay? What if it's not for Hashem and not lust, so just a general need? Then what happens? It, right here. It strengthens okay, it doesn't just stay. It's not static. It actually makes your Klippus Noga stronger. stronger because it's Klippus Noga and it actually strengthens it. Okay? Good? Having a lot of Klippus Noga doesn't help. And that does not help, right? Okay? So if I were to make a little diagram, right? You know, and let's say this is like the status quo place of Klippa Snoga where you're holding in life. And if you do something, you're not going to stay here. If you do it for the sake of Kedusha, go up. If you're doing it because you need it, going down. And if you're doing it out of lust, going way down. But it's never going to stay at that starting point. You are always going to be moving up or you are moving in everything you do. When it's strengthened, like when the Klippas Noga strengthens, it goes down. Yes. Now, it stays within the realm of Klippas Noga. But remember, Klippas Noga is a wide range, right? It is a mixture of good and bad. And so over time, yeah. But strengthening it is bad. It's bad. It's but it's not the same. Right. That's going all the way down. That's right. It strengthens your animal soul and thereby, but does it directly weaken your godly yes, soul? Yes, because remember, the relationship of the animal soul and godly soul is this. The animal soul is stronger, the godly soul is weaker because the animal soul is like a contaminant. Is it like a zero-sum game? Or? It's not a zero-sum game because uh, technically a zero-sum game means that there's no possibility of increasing the size of the pie. But every act is zero-sum. Okay. One is getting stronger, one is getting weaker. But the, the, the overall amount can also Could grows. Right. Yeah. Good? Yeah. All right. Now, So if we just end off here, this is pretty harsh. This seems pretty intense, right? Because we all understand that while it is true that most of what we do is not lost, which is kind of good, we still, it's hard never to do anything out of lust, right? Mm-hmm. It's something that your person has works with. It's, we, it's conceivably possible. It's something to aspire to, something to work on, but it, it's quite hard. Um, to do things for Hashem's sake is also extremely difficult. And so the overall majority of what we're doing is over here, with a sizable minority over here and a very tiny minority up there, right? And it, we can all understand that that's hard to change those actual motivations, which makes it look like our lives are just overall an accumulation of klipa 
right? Mm-hmm. Okay, but that's not the whole story, right? Which is, okay. There is something, okay? Mm-hmm. Another act, which is Kedusha. What makes an act Kedusha? We start with an act, we end with an act. What makes sense? What? It's just holiness. What makes, it, what makes an act? The, the, how can this act just be holy? What kind of act would it have to be? Like, what about a tefillin? Why? Because tefillin is a, what's what I'm looking for? Mitzvah. A mitzvah. So an act which is pure kedusha has one characteristic, which is that it is a? Okay. Could you make that act unworthy at all, ever? We have an act which is pure kedusha, which is mitzvahs. Good? Now, what happens if you did an act which was not a mitzvah, not a sin, for Hashem it gets absorbed in kedusha, right? right? But that the fact that you did that act is still part of you, right? And then you go do an act of pure kedusha, it's a mitzvah. So what happens now? It takes the... It's not just absorbed into Kedusha, it becomes part and parcel of the Kedusha of the Mitzvah. Okay? So this well, is... The act that you did before the help... That's right. Help the Mitzvah? Right, because we want everyone to understand that everything you do becomes part of you in some way, shape, or form. Whether good or bad. Whether good or bad, okay? So therefore, this then... Feeds right back into the mitzvah, and we're good to go, right? Right. Okay, what about over here? We don't have that. What? what what's the, what's the... When you, when you, you did first act. That first act was the Klippas Noga act, right? right? Let's, drinking the coffee. That drinking the coffee is not a mitzvah, it's not a sense, Klippas Noga. If you did it for Shem, then the coffee, as you were drinking it, was absorbed into Kedusha, so it was actually making you more sensitive to Hashem, which is great. Okay, and then you go, I don't know, learn Chassidus. Well, learning Chassidus is an act of pure Kedusha's mitzvah, and you, you, the, 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 whatever part of drinking the coffee remains within you physically or spiritually now gets absorbed into the mitzvah, which is pure Kedusha. So it's no longer just the Klippas Noga as it's been absorbed into Kedusha. It's now become pure Kedusha. Okay? So, right, it got upgraded, right? Step one, it was Klippas Noga. Step two, because you did it with the right motivation, it becomes absorbed in Kedusha. Step three, when you then go do a mitzvah, it actually becomes completely transformed. Okay? What about... One second. Um, yeah. A mitzvah that has the wrong motivation. We're not going to worry about that. Mitzvahs, because mitzvahs, mitzvahs are in essence... Well. Because mitzvahs are in essence Kedusha, the relationship between how motivation affects the mitzvah and the negative is something that that Valtorba deals with much later, okay? Um, and also sins, because sins are in essence three and three fleet, but having the right motivations is something Valtorba deals with later. We're going to talk about it in chapter eight. But I want to focus purely on acts which are Kripasnoga, because that's the main point of this chapter. Okay, the entire point of the chapter. Um, what if you then, it's a need, right? So I drank the coffee, 
Not for Hashem's sake, not out of lust, because, you know, I woke up in the morning and I'm tired, so I drink coffee. That's what people do, right? It's not so complicated. Then what? Both strength and sleep as no good. But at the end of the day, it is meeting some genuine need, which means it's making me more functional. And as much as it's making me more functional, right? It does play a role in the later mitzvahs I do. And therefore, what? It too. Even if I didn't have the intention to do it for a mitzvah. That's right. So you still do some indirectly. It will also feed in. Will it feed in the same way? Oh. So that's the question, right? Is there any difference between whether you took this path or the middle path, right? Okay? Yeah. All right. So we're going to hold that on for we're going to we're going to We're going to hold on that for a second because there's one more thing we have to discuss which we didn't discuss in yesterday's class. What if on the other hand you did something out of lust, which you would never do? Okay, but remember, the thing is in essence klipa snoga just been absorbed into the impure klipas. Remember, it, this act is considered mutter. Mutter means permitted, and it comes from the word unbound, right? Which means, is this, even when it gets absorbed into the impure klipas, is it bound there? No. So even though it got absorbed in, it could be taken out. out the lust could be taken out? No. We started with Klippa, there's an, there's an act which is Klippa Snoga, independent of your motivation. Right. That act has, it's something that exists, right? Everything that exists has a kind of an energy to it that gives it existence, right? The Klippa that gives that thing existence is a Klippa Snoga. Right. And that Klippa Snoga is a little bit of holiness buried inside. Buried inside. And now, by having the lustful motivation, it got absorbed into? Very good. But does it have to stay there? No. Is it trapped there? It's not trapped there. Oh, it's only trapped if it was a sin. It's only trapped if the thing was a sin. A sin. That's why sins are forbidden. Hebrew, the word forbidden is yeah. asr, which relates to the word asur, which tied, means tied, tied up. Yeah. So even though it gets absorbed in the three empire klipas, is it bound there? No. Because huh? it has a spark of kedusha from the. Well, no, it's not. Everything has a spark of kedusha. Is that it. spark is not trapped. It's you can rescue it. I'll give you an I'll give you an example, okay? okay. Yeah. If if um, a pot, you cook non-kosher food in a pot. Can you then use that pot? No. No. But you can kosher the pot, right? It depends what it's made of. Yeah. It depends what it's made of. Let's just say it's a right? Yeah. On the other hand, if you have non-kosher food that absorb kosher food that absorbs non-kosher food, no. can you kosher the food? No. no. It's a debate yeah. in the Gemara, but the Gemara we conclude you can't once. If you have kosher meat and absorbs non-kosher food, there's nothing you can do. It's stuck, right? Bound up. Where some things can be undone. Okay? That's not a perfect analogy for reasons I don't want to get into, but everything has some spark of God in it, otherwise it wouldn't exist. But in Klippas Noga, that spark is not trapped in Klippa. It can be salvaged, as we do here, and as we did here, right? Well, the fact that it then got absorbed into three and three Klippas doesn't fundamentally change that fact. And because of that, it too can go become part of the mitzvah and become absorbed and become transformed into pure kedusha. However, this is the thing that I didn't discuss, which is this line is not perfectly simple. Okay. Because. One second, sorry. It could be elevated into gimel klipas. I mean. Or it could really be elevated back to Kedusha. 
Because this being absorbed into the, because we have to differentiate. This is the point. Being something being three impure cleaves is not the same thing that was absorbed by the three impure cleaves. It's absorbed, then it can also be uplifted. Uplifted. And so whatever I could do with it, this route can ultimately done. Okay, but there's a trick here. Here, there's literally no impediments, right? Because it's already absorbed in Kedusha, so it's just Kedusha into Kedusha. It's like, great. Here, it actually is difficult, right? In other words, if you do things because you need them, you become less sensitive to doing mitzvahs. It actually, it becomes... Right, so it can become part of the Kedusha, but it actually gives you kind of an inertia against the mitzvahs, and you have to work past it. But here we have something else. Because of the lust, what happened? It was absorbed into the... And as long as it stays absorbed in the three and perclebas, is it capable of entering the Kedusha of the mitzvah? So you have to do tshuva. So here, we have to have an intermediate step. Okay? Which is... Teshuva. Okay? Shuvah frees the Klippus Nova, and then What's the step from taking it from Gimel Klippus Nova to Kedusha? There's no step, you just do a mitzvah. Just, just, you did something, you do a mitzvah. Very simple. I drank coffee. After you do after you do Teshuva in down there. Then you have to to do the act of the mitzvah. Oh, All this Shishuva does is it frees the Klippus Nova. And then it doesn't, it doesn't just go straight to Kedusha. You first have to do Mitzvah in order That's to... That's right. Oh, that's an extra step. That's right. So this is a little more complicated, right? By the way, what if I skip the Tshuva step and turn right to the Mitzvah? It won't be transformed. It won't be transformed either, right? So let's say I have... Let's say I drink, uh, I drink an extra large Frappuccino just because I want one. Yeah? yeah? Mm-hmm. And then I go learn Hasidus with that extra energy. Is that energy being transformed by the mitzvah of learning chassidus? Unless you did like tshuva. Like the answer is it's not because I didn't do tshuva in between. I'm probably going to forget tomorrow to daven for that. Well, this is the issue, right? This path is a little bit, maybe not the great idea because what, the lust is going to, you're going to have to fix the lust by doing tshuva. You don't just get the automatic thing of doing the mitzvah. Okay. And if I needed the frappuccino? <laughs> If you, if you drank it because you needed it, well, then it'd be over here. Well, we don't need it after the But when am I going to need it I mean, I'll be So that I can never really do something that I really enjoy. Unless there's some good reason for doing Unless there's something good reason for doing it other than the fact that you enjoy it. That's what makes it a need. It's lust is because the only thing I care about is... Pleasure. The pleasure of it, right? Also, for the tshuva aspect, how often are we in proper tshuva? Oh, so this is the thing you have to know. What is the tshuva here? Okay, what is the tshuva? What, what do we mean by tshuva? So, that's what I want to talk about. What exactly is a tshuva? Is there many kinds of tshuva? Okay. Okay. So, if we look in the text, okay. Um, this is on page. I don't have page numbers. Oh, I do. 
Oh, I don't. My page, page twenty-two in the Hebrew. I don't know what page it is. No. Um, okay. What's the? There is no page number. You can Yeah. Right, 22 on the top of the Hebrew. Okay. Um, fourth right-hand column, fourth line from the bottom. And his body. And his body temporarily becomes a garment and vessel for them, meaning the three impure klipas, until... By the way, this is not just that the frappuccino gets stuck into the three, absorbed in the three impure klipas. Guess what actually gets absorbed in the three impure klipas? The whole person, because the whole person did it. And you stay absorbed in the three impure klipas until when? Until the person repents and returns to the service of Hashem and his Torah. So what does it mean to do tshuva in this context? To return to the service of Hashem and his Torah. Now what does that mean? Is that a behavioral change? Is that a behavioral change? No, it's not a change in behavior. What is it a change in? Your mindset. Your mind, something about your mindset. Okay? So let's go back to my Frappuccino. Why did I spend 25 shekels on a Frappuccino this morning? I didn't, but let's say I did. You wanted it. And so at that point, what was the only thing that mattered to me in my mind? Your Frappuccino. Me. 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 Uh, me. But what kind, what, what, what version of me? The me that has a family, the me that wants to live a long life, the me that wants to be healthy, the me... The me that wants to indulge. Yeah, the me, the me that there's nothing to me other than the momentary experience. Yeah, that could be some good in that. No. But look, I have to use an example. Any example could theoretically come up with other things. It's just you, and it's this very ethereal, ephemeral, momentary you that's nothing there, right? Exactly. And so at that, at that moment, a person has taken, and, that, and that, that sense of yourself is three impure klipas. The part of you that wants to be healthy, the part of you that wants to get along with other people because it's pleasant, the part of you that wants to be financially stable, right? That's not kedusha. It's not even actually the good part of klipas noga, but it's not, but then it's not that. So like the you that you enjoy the most is the three impure no, because you don't really enjoy that. He just said the moment you look at... This is the thing about lust. Lust works through some amount of disassociation. If you were to actually be in touch with what's happening at that moment... I wouldn't buy it. You'd be disgusted with yourself. If, right, if, if right, we had a problem, we were to listen to like, remember our Doing it because we want. I, 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 I literally heard well, talking to one of the talk, and I just yeah. eating more because I was so mad. Right, but you're that's, that's again the decision. No, it's not about it's not about what you're thinking. It's it's not about what you're thinking. It's it's like I'll give you an example. A person's watching a movie, right? right. If they actually stop and think, right? I'm spending two hours. If they, then they stop and thought. If they felt, they I'm exactly. if they felt that they are spending two hours of sitting in front of a screen, doing nothing, simply because it feels good, and it doesn't in any way enhance anything in their life, and they know full well that the minute it's over, they're gonna feel like, what was the point of that anyway? Right? If you're in that space, you can't do it. Right? Part of the art of the making a good movie is you really have to get the person to forget they're watching the movie. Because if you realize that as you're doing it, you're watching a movie, it starts, 
it takes away from the movie. You start asking questions like why you're doing it. You have to make space you for that. that. What? For your brain to think that way. Oh. It's not thinking that you have in to other words, in, 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 another, in other words, there's a, there's a level, in other words, in other words this is, even, 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 from, even from a perspective, even from a perspective of not being religious, lust is really, lust is empty. And the way you can see this is that the more a person lives a life of lust, other people are disgusted by it. Now, does, again, if you, if, if you see it in, as a context, like even outside religious community, yeah? Um, there are times where you need to enjoy things because enjoyment is necessary facet of some other thing. For instance, like you need to enjoy the people that you're gonna, you know, work with. If you're not gonna enjoy their company, you're not gonna work very well with them, right? Yeah. You certainly need to enjoy the company of your spouse, right? Yeah. You need to enjoy being around, like, like if you don't enjoy being around the people that you're supposed to be around, you're not gonna be very effective in having relationships with them, right? Mm -hmm. But now is that enjoyment for the sake of my own lustful, no, it's not. That's part of need. Right, it's part of need. So it's not the enjoyment that's the issue. It's the pursuit of pleasure as an end of itself that blinds you to anything else that's relevant, anything that's meaningful, anything that's even just basically healthy. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. By the way, if you're in one of those spaces where you're just stressed and irritable and you really do need a pick-me-up and you really, like, you know this works for you and so you decide to have the Frappuccino because of that and, like, it really does give you the pick-me-up and you get through the rest of your day. Is that a need? That, I would argue, goes in the category of need. Now, obviously, obviously, a person, like, you want to maybe develop better ways of doing that, but if that's what works for you, and, you know, an occasional, but not the end of the world, right? Like, I have little kids. Like, uh, one time, one of, my, one of my kids was, like, really stressed out about stuff, and so, you know, I did the, the, the traditional father thing, which is you take the kid and you go get something and you sit and schmooze, right? So we got an uh, iced coffee. He had, I bought him an iced coffee, we sit on the park bench, he drank his iced coffee, and we schmoozed about whatever was bothering him, right? So why, why do you need an iced coffee? He wasn't hungry. Because it puts him in a different state, right? And it's, it's, that, that's not indulgent, it's not indulgent, it's not indulgent, his, uh, again, he's, he's a kid, but it's, it's not indulgent, okay? The idea that, the idea, the, right, so it, it's not, it's not the pleasure that's the issue, right? It's the pursuit of the pleasurable experience as that's the only thing that's motivating me. Okay? And the thing is, the more, more possible. it's possible, it's hard, but I wanted to, this is possible. And the more you're aware of it, the more you feel that that's what that is, the more like, you're not even not indulging for God. You're not indulging for you. This is a key thing, as Alder can say later on. All the more so you realize it doesn't just have a negative effect on your well-being as a human being. It has a negative effect on your spiritual well-being. It's not like, oh, I'm going to sacrifice you know, the pleasures of this world for God. No. It's almost a point like, like there's, you could, a person develops a resentment to the part of themselves that draws them to like, eat junk food all the time. Like, why? It doesn't make me feel better. It doesn't make, it's like it's got nothing going for it. Does that make sense? And then, so when, you're, when a person is in that state, they have become subservient to that drive, which is the, the demonic force of the three impure klipas. And then everything about that act, in a certain sense, everything about them has become dominated by that. And if that's where you're coming from in life, the mitzvah on the techno grounds will stay holy, but you aren't holy. And you're not in a place where you can emerge with that holiness unless you do tshuva. So what's this tshuva? It's a change of attitude. Okay, so... 
The charata is not the main point. The main point is like this. What does it mean to have service of Hashem and His Torah? What is that? Service of Hashem and His Torah. What's important to you in life? Hashem. Okay. Is that just what you're telling yourself or is it really true? No, apparently it's not true. If there's one thing that I did it's not true. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> That's right. Well, then you learned the wrong thing. You should have learned that it's complex. No, they're like, I'm saying because if I love the show, I wouldn't be doing all the things I do. Fine. I don't disagree. I think people love someone and still do things that disappoint them. I don't know. It's not a right. Both of those statements are true, and we're not going to talk about it. I, I want to say, is it true that a person that it's really important to them to serve Hashem, and they would also simultaneously do something motivated by lust? Yes. Yeah. That's not possible. That's not possible. Okay. Now, what I mean, I don't mean important sense of deep down in the essence of who you are when you introspect. I mean the underlying attitude that you're coming from. Okay. We all have, I think, what's called the moods, okay? You know the mood where like, you actually are in the mood of actually caring about your connection with Hashem? You know what that mood feels like? Yeah. Yeah. In that mood, do you like, indulge in? No. No. Now, that doesn't mean you do everything for Hashem's sake. No, because no, that's hard, right? But you're, but you're not indulging. Like, like, if you're doing a need, it's because like, <laughs> it take, you know, it, how much does that penetrate you? But to do something that's a total break, it's totally inconsistent, right? Let me give you an example. If it's you're watching, the total break. It's a total break. Let me give you an example. If you're watching a movie, yeah. we're gonna use watching a movie as a stand-in for Hashem, okay. serving Hashem. If you're watching a movie, okay, how do we know that you're really into the movie? Well, glued. you're glued to the movie. So if you're if you're checking your phone, what does that mean? That you're yeah, the movie. What if you take a break, go to the bathroom, and it's a theater, so you're gonna miss. You're gonna miss. There's, not, there's no rewind, no pause. Unless it's like an emergency. Oh, that, 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 that's not necessarily, you could actually need to go to the bathroom, right? It could be that like, as much as you really want to stay watching the movie, like sometimes you've just got to go to the bathroom, right? Right. So sometimes you're not doing something for Hashem's sake, not because you're, you're, you're departing from the service of Hashem. It's just like you you're a person and you need it and you're not in a place where everything is for the sake of Hashem. Okay. But that's different than the lust. The lust is like you're checking your phone instead of watching the movie. And so there's something psychologically incompatible about lust and indulgence and being in a mood and a mode and an attitude of serving Hashem. That's just not true about doing things as you need to. Yeah, but I hear, I hear that, but isn't that like you're putting it too black and white? The fact is you're a person with lust and you're a person with, you have two souls. But I'm not, I'm not talking about the deep essence ring. I'm not talking... Not the essence, but even whatever you're expressing. I'm not talking about expressing. The, the, the one thing that's very important to understand is there's layers to us. Right. And which layer we are talking about. Right now I'm talking about the layer which is the underlying mindset of a person at that particular period of time. So you can't have both? That's right. Why? Just because they're... Because, they're, because, they're, because they're, works as humans. Because those are incompatible. Like you cannot be really engrossed in a movie and, and distracted by your phone at the same time. Your mind doesn't, doesn't work on both things at the same time. Maybe switch... Oh, but you can switch. This is important. Can you switch? Yes. Yes. You can switch, right? You're watching out your phone and then, and then looking at your phone and then all of a sudden you get to a really good part and you really like it, so you're glued. Yeah. And you're like, oh, that was like, And now you really even regret that you would, because that, yeah. uh, like you missed something and, and now your phone is done and you're, yeah, that could happen, right? Could you indulge and indulge and indulge and it doesn't bother you? And then at one point it's like, you know what? I actually want to be connecting to Hashem and this is like not conducive to that. And like, 
yes. make that shift mm -hmm. in your mindset? Mm -hmm. Okay. And that shift in your mindset, you are now returning to Hashem in a service, right? Yes. So, does, in other words, the idea here is, is that when a person is, is, in, is indulging, a person is doing things out of lust, they're in a state where they're, where they're rejecting Hashem. That's the thing to understand. That's just, lust is rejecting Hashem. And it's not just Hashem you're rejecting. You're also rejecting other people. You're even rejecting your long-term health. You're rejecting, like, none of that is like, right? It's a rejection of basically anything real, but certainly it's a rejection of Hashem. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, when you're taking care of your needs, are you rejecting Hashem? No. No, it's like, excuse me, I, I would love to stay, but I have to go to the bathroom. I I'd love to stay, I have to eat. I'd love to stay, I'm a person. What are you... Can you still be very aware of like, Hashem and then like, completely like, have No, not unless you're lying to yourself. About the so you're basically, yeah. you're saying that like, you're aware you're ignoring Hashem, right? Even yeah. that, if you really felt that you were ignoring Hashem, then you wouldn't be able to do it. But you can be like, uh, Hashem, I love you, but like, I'm not going to do this. Yeah, that's, that's, so what that means is that you're doing the thing we all do, which is we say words that we don't actually, they don't have it mean anything to us at the time. Okay. Right? Like, I'll give you an example, right? Smoking takes years off your life, yes? Yes. Okay. If a person had this sense that every time they smoked a cigarette, let's just throw out a number, let's throw out a number, that every cigarette is a day, which I don't know if that's statistically true, but let's just go with it for right now, yeah? Okay. Would they smoke a cigarette? Yeah. Because what's the big deal? You know, if I smoke 10 cigarettes, my life is 10 days shorter. Well, here's the thing, yeah? How do you actually relate to a day? Like if someone told you that you were going to be in the hospital for a day, you were going to be in prison for a day. No big deal. Really? Yeah. You'd be like, no big deal. Blanket. Yeah. What? Uh, yeah, one day. What a waste of a day. You really would be okay, like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm fine, just dreaming, sitting, yeah. sitting. I would not. Yeah. Yeah. What? Okay. Just in jail, we'll be in hospital for a day. Yeah. If so someone told you you have to be in quarantine for a day, it would feel like a waste of a day. <laughs> no, no, I'm not using quarantine. Like no, no, I don't mean like you're in the hospital and you get to like do whatever you want. I mean like... You're sick. Oh. Yes. Oh. You're laid out. You're suffering in prison. Oh, oh, no. What? You're in comparison I'm not saying in comparison to your life. I'm just asking you on a thing on its own. Would you, would you no. say that's not... Would you, like, if, 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 I'd rather not, you, but... Yeah, so I'm going to ask you. You get stopped by the cops, right? Yeah. And the cop says license and registration. And you say, I don't want it. And he says, that's fine. You don't have to. But if you don't give it to me in the next two minutes, I'm arresting you spending the night in jail. Does that motivate you to give your license and registration? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So it's something that matters to people. Oh, okay. I'm not saying it's the end of the world, but it matters to you, right? Right. Now, if a person had that sense that that's what they're giving up, right, the cigarette is really worth it? Right. It's not. I mean, there are things that are worth it. There are definitely things that are worth it, but the cigarette isn't worth it, right? Would say so that, you know how, like, you, is that the das issue? Again? That's the das issue. Uh. Lust, by definition, <laughs> is a total lack of das in Hashem. And what's this tshuva? A minimal das in Hashem. A minimal sense that this is real. I actually care about this stuff, about connecting to Hashem. Wait, what the, did we discuss what the tshuva is? This is what the tshuva is. What is it? The tshuva is going from having no das in Hashem yeah. to some degree of das in Hashem. Yeah, but then what happens when you have a lust three minutes later? And does that de like it cancel out your chuba? I think it's the chuba again. 
No, and you have to do the mitzvah yeah, before you do the go back and when you do shuvah, or you do the past two things. See, here's the here's the thing. Here's the thing. This is a common mistake. Shuvah is not about the thing that you did. It's about the state that you're in. Yeah, but if you feel bad after, then how did you go again in that state? Because so so this this is this is an issue that. There's a, a common mistake about tshuva, that there's tshuva and there's lasting tshuva, okay? Tshuva lasting is a very interesting discussion. It's not, we're not gonna have it here. Right now what I wanna talk about is tshuva itself, okay? okay. So now, there, if a person, they say in Yiddish, they chak, they, they get it, that like, I'm just like, I'm just in the wrong state. I'm just going in the wrong direction, I'm just like, Every, the thing that's, 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 that's dictating all my actions is whether or not it feels good to me and there's no care and no thought as to what it really means and how it's really going to affect me and what it says about relationship with Hashem and that's how, and like, enough of that. And you shift your attitude and you shift your mindset. Now, what have you done? All the klipas noga that you put into the three of your klipas, what did you just do by shifting your mindset? You brought it out. Now, did you break it wholly? No, you just you you oh, just, by 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 you you by, it's like you drop something in the mud and you wash it off, right? right? But now you can make it holy by going doing a mitzvah, right? So if a person indulges and then they go do a mitzvah, the klipas noga of their action and their animal soul is too dirty, it's too absorbed in the three impure klipas to actually be absorbed in the kedusha of the mitzvah. The mitzvah will stay holy, but but whatever they whatever whatever klipas noga they have is not going to go. It's, it's just not, it's like, you know, somebody wants to come to a fancy restaurant and it comes all filthy. They won't let them in. It's like full of like mud and stuff. Like this is a fancy restaurant, you can't come in. And what does the tshuva do? The tshuva wipes that off. And it wipes it off by reversing the underlying mindset. That's what the tshuva is. When I'm indulging, I don't care about the effect this is going to have on my relationship with Hashem. I don't even care about the effect it's going to have on my long-term health, on my financial stability. The thing that I care about is how is this going to make me feel the next moment. That's what I care about. And as long as that's the mindset I am coming from, it's all stuck in the three imperclipas, and I have to actively change that mindset. So that I, I know that's not what I want from life. That's not the approach I'm taking. Now, does that mean I'm all of a sudden determined that everything is for the sake of it? No, it means I'm trying to connect to a Hashem, and sometimes I have to take bathroom breaks because, like, I'm a person. And so that's the truth we're talking about. It is the most basic level of chuva, of just shifting my priorities, but not in the words that I tell myself, but my actual attitude. Yes. Raising your hand. Yeah. Um. Sorry. Um. Question, but does it say anywhere in Tanya that like it's easier in the morning? Yes. Where? Oh, in Tanya. Uh, it says anywhere that it's easier to like be. Okay, can't say holy, but like. It says that it? trying. To, it's just trying to strengthen your das and Hashem is easier in the morning. It says is that in that? chapter twelve of Tanya. <gasps> yes, that's why we daven chakras in the morning. The reason for davening chakras in the morning is because that time is an auspicious time to develop your das and Hashem. Okay, so does this make sense? Yeah. Okay. So now it turns out that it's it's complicated and it's messy, but it's not like the all like everything is gonna like this one big pile of doom. Because even though we, we do engage in lustful things, do we do this chuva? Yeah. 
I mean, have you all grown up and experienced this idea? Yeah. This, this thing where like you realize like you don't like this way that you've been the past hour or day or week of just like, and you're like, no, and you, you, there's a shift in attitude, a shift in mindset. Yeah. Okay. Right. And that's what needs to happen in order for everything that's been absorbed for the three Kriklipas to then be transformed into the Kedusha of the act of the next mitzvah. Make sense? Yeah. Now, uh, one other thing that I'll tell you is that the, the intensity of this tshuva is going to probably correlate to the degree of lust. In other words, the more mild the lust is before you shift your mindset, the more mild the sense of shifting back. Does that make sense? Whereas if like, you've been like full-on hedonism, the shift towards serving Hashem is going to seem rather intense and rather like, mu- require much more force of will and, and, and honesty and whatever. When we don't let our lust touch us, is that a huge thing? It's a huge thing. It's a huge, huge, huge like, thing. Like, what does that do? Remember we learned chapter 27? That was all about that. Right? It brings down a level of godliness that's even beyond mitzvahs. Oh, really? What would prevent ourselves from your thing? Yeah. Okay. Good? So, as of right now, it would seem as long as I haven't sinned, in the long run, it's all good, right? Okay, no, it's not all good. Okay, um, now back to where we left off, because last time I didn't actually discuss the tshuva part. Tshuva that you have to, like, you have to feel bad from Hashem's end, or can you be disgusted with yourself? It depends what you're disgusted by. If all you're disgusted by is like it's not good for your health, then that's not good enough. You have to, you have to, it has to be that you want the connection with Hashem. It has to go back to Hashem. That's not that for, that's good in terms of like getting rid of make ch- changes about indulging in lust and making healthier life choices. But in the terms no, of Avaita, no, but, but that yeah, but in terms of Avaita Hashem, it has to be the thing that the thing that bothers you is that it took you away from Hashem because the thing you want to get back to is Hashem. Yeah, that's very what? I don't know if it's that high. Because 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 the thing is the thing is. A lot of times people, people downplay the good that they have or they overplay it, right? There is on some level you actually do want it. And so on some level that is what bothers you about it. And on some level... But some level doesn't work. On some level... No, no, for this, for this, for this, for this, to some level works. Well, then it should work the other way too. Then if on some level I didn't want to sit on lust, but I did, then why doesn't that count? I mean, like, if yeah, you didn't want to? Indulge, and I did. That, that's true. If that's true, no, not all lusts are the same. Like, like a lust that's like kind of like you know, it's like ninety-eight percent habit and two percent lust is not like the end of the world, right? Don't degrees Yeah, yeah. All these things have degrees. Every all this stuff has degrees. You must must understand. We're making broad categories, right. but in each of these are infinite gradations and nuance. You mean the whole day? The Alzheimer says like this. True is something most people do several times a day, to so, in some small degree. Yeah, you realize it. You're like, uh, you're like, you know. That was stupid. That was like, you never, like, you never have the thought that, like, you know, I really want to, I don't know, I really want to, you really want to, um, I don't know. You come to, you come, you like, you wasted half the day, and now you're like, there's another, there's another class in the afternoon. You're like, I really do want to learn this Torah. Like, you really feel like, what do you want Torah? So what did you, you did shift your mindset, right? Okay, it's it's all proportional. That that's the issue. Oh, we should try to shift that mindset even stronger to Hashem type of thing. Yeah. You can do it as many times. Yeah. 
Remember, we're not here interested in like reward or punishment, pass and fail. It's just describing what's happening. Yeah? So at the time when you indulge, it's having a very negative effect on you. But at the same time, that negative effect can end the minute you change your mindset. So fine, then in three minutes you'll deal with it then. Like, so like, I don't know, just like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Okay. So, so I think maybe here it's good to, good to stop and, and talk about something which is very, very fundamental. If you have a relationship with another human being, for instance, right? and you have disagreements. Is that a bad thing that you have disagreements? No. no. I mean, we all would think that if, you know, there's no, like, if, we, if we don't have to have a disagreement, so much the better, right? It's not, it's not like, it's not like disagreements are great, disagreements are wonderful, right? But like, okay, do there have any disagreements, right? Mm-hmm. Now here's the question. Is, can you say that dealing with a disagreement in a successful way is measured by the fact that you never have another disagreement? How would you say what's the successful way? How would you measure whether this disagreement is successful or not? That you've worked through that and you should not go back to the same disagreement. But you might? So then you didn't work through it? I no, I feel like you've gained something from it. Has it affected your relationship? That you could say overall the relationship is getting stronger the way you're, if you're dealing with disagreements and overall the overall trend is your relationship is getting stronger yeah. then are you dealing with the disagreements in a good way yeah. yes. yes okay but does that that means that it's a straight line up no no okay. so the same thing with Hashem yeah okay so the person in lust and indulge it falls into the three emperor klipas and, and, and they, they change their mindset and comes, so here's the question I don't care how often that happens that's not the issue the question is What's the trend here? Is it happening more often and more intensely and more frequently? Or is it happening less often and less intensely? That's, that's, that's something to... Because you're right, you don't flip a switch and then you never lust again. I mean, some people have very profound experiences in life and that changes them radically, but usually that's not what happens. All of these things we have to look at for... The, the, the individual ups and downs, they matter and they affect us and, and it's not great, but the overall question is, knowing how all these changes are taking place, what direction are we moving in? And by the way, what's the time scale to evaluate that? Do you, should you evaluate that every day? Every second. Yeah, how, how often? What? This kind of stuff, not every night, no. I would say, I would say, a good time frame to start with is looking at seasons, like about three month periods of time. For some people, less on month scale is good. For some people, that's a little too short and you need like half a year. But a good average is around the seasons. Because what you'll notice is, what you'll notice is like, like if you think of like, okay, so, right, um, we're coming up now to, um, what do you call it? To Shavuos, right? So you think, okay, like, where were you at the beginning of Nisan, and where are you now, overall? Are things better in these respects? Are things worse in these respects? And the answer is, like, if, it, if you could see some progress, then okay, so then, okay, I mean, maybe you could make the progress better, but, like, the, so that's good. If you can't, if you see things starting going downhill, then obviously there's some issue about the whole attitude of the relationship with Hashem and 
you know, taking serving of Hashem seriously and all of that stuff. But this tshuva, it can it can happen often, and the fact that it doesn't last is in and of itself not like not a sign of failure. The question is, right? What is the overall trend? Okay, and that's something that, that a person Meshpia told me is like you you can never check like every moment or oh, did this way did that way. That's not that's not how you live life. Alchemy is not. Not telling you to like be narrating to your mind at every moment, every little thing that you're doing to check which one it is. Like that's stupid. Right. No one functions that way. He's describing this is what's happening. It's like it's like if you learn about nutrition and exercise, right? Now you're supposed to like be hyper focused about every little thing that you eat and every little thing you do in exercising. No, but given what given that information, you can then figure out how to make a plan to make changes to improve your health. Okay, so now that you know all this stuff, you can now figure out. Okay, well, how do I Changed so that this is happening less and this is happening more. Right? And if this is happening, it's not as intense, and the chuva coming afterwards is happening more frequently. Right? That's the kind of stuff I need to be worried about. But the chuva, it's you just like, let's say I like, overindulged in like, had a whole frappuccino, and then I think to myself, wow, now like, this is not helping my health goals. That's not proper chuva because you're. Just that, thinking about your, you move to yourself. Right. Now, like in your values, but you're not in like, right. Hashem. Right. You, you're right. In order for it to be true, but you're like, and doesn't he, by the way, it doesn't even have to be about the Frappuccino. It just has to be Hashem. It's like, you know what? I actually do want a relationship with Hashem. I really want to put effort into that. That's really important to me. And that that change in attitude translates into actual changes in life. Even if those changes in life don't last forever, then you did this true. It doesn't have to be about the Frappuccino. Like, that's not the point. He doesn't say regret the Frappuccino. That's not the main point. The main point is like, I, I want this. Well, then I have to leave that. Okay, so I'll leave that other stuff. Do you see what I'm saying? It's, it's not, it's not that, it's not like, it's not black and white. You did it, you didn't do it. You did it right, you didn't do it. That's not, that's not. Right. You know, the, the, the Rev is really into like, there should be no cleep in the world, right? You know that? Like, that's one of the things that a Rebbe is into, is that there shouldn't be cleep in the world. Um, so when the, um, when the, um, the, there was a, a lot of kids that escaped Iran when the Shah fell, and the Ayatollah took over, and Chabad was very helpful in getting a, I don't know the numbers, tens of thousands of kids out, and uh, finding homes, and there's a whole thing. And so one of the issues was, it was Pesach. And, like, and so the Rebbe sent an instruction to the, the Chabad people running the, placing these children over Pesach, is to make sure that these children had rice. Now, Chabad and rice on Pesach is like, no, no. no. And what was the Rebbe's rationale for them having rice on Pesach? It's a minute. It's a minute to have rice. Not a minute to have rice. There's no minute to have rice. What well, Okay, so they're allowed to have rice. It means they have to have rice. Whatever. No, no. They're everyone like out of the way. Make sure they get rice. Because they're kids, probably. Because they're kids, and this is what they're used to, and it's nostalgic comfort food for them. That's why. That was the reason, right? Comfort food. Okay. Because yeah. So special. Because that's because yes. Food is not just technical nutrition, right? It's other stuff, as we discussed earlier, yeah? that the children should feel taken care of and feel comfortable. And that means giving them food they like and are used to. And there's no luck issue, so yeah. Right? And my point is, like, like, you can't be a klipophobe. That's not the point here. That's not what the author was saying. 
You just should be educated about it. Right, because I have a new issue, so I get that. Sorry, that all, that's great. But then, why does, meaning if I can feel and it means something when I'm feeling like, oh, I can't believe I did that, or like, I just want to connect with Sean, or like, I want to be better, then why doesn't that go hand in hand with when I say I love Hashem, I mean I love Hashem? Well, here's the thing. If that, if that changes the way, you're, the way you actually approach living life, then it does count as some kind of loving Hashem. That's the issue. I never said you can't love Hashem. No, but you said that if I was really loving Hashem, then I wouldn't be doing the loves I'm doing. That's true. Okay, but then... But, but, this, tshuva, but this tshuva also... You, this tshuva won't let you do the lust. That's exactly my point. This tshuva is making that shift. Right. Right? If you're saying, I'm doing the tshuva, but I still, <laughs> I'm still acting in a lustful, indulgent way, well then no, you're not doing the tshuva, now you're just lying to yourself. Right? So I mean, this is the issue, right? Is that, 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 that you can't just, oh, it wasn't forbidden, and I can indulge, I'm going to just do mitzvahs, and all it's going to get elevated. It doesn't work like that. If you're just living a regular, normal human life and not indulging, and you just do mitzvahs, yeah, it'll all get elevated into the mitzvah. But indulgence... Indulgence, since you mess something up, you have to fix it first. You can't drive the car once it broke down. You have to fix it, and then you can drive it. Do we get equal parts of lust and condition? What do you Is mean? Like, hmm? what do you mean do equal parts of lust and condition? I'm not sure how that would work. What are you yeah. asking? It can't be good for us. I guess that's what you're saying with the yeah, the needs. The needs. Needs are needs. Like, you know, most things we do. We need to do them, right? Yeah. Hence, do you see why I was not afraid whatsoever to drink my water? It's like not a big deal. Yeah. Like, I mean, if I could drink the water for Hashem, that would have been great. But, like, I'm not going to not drink water because I can't drink for Hashem. Like, are we going to explain if they're going to both go to Kadesha the same way? These two? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, but I only have a few minutes left. Okay. Nevertheless, okay, we're near the end of the first paragraph on, on the page that has the Yud Beis on it. I really should give page numbers. A trace of evil remains in the body. If you indulge, even once you do tshuva, does all of it get transformed into Kedusha? If, no, some, okay, and actually later on in chapter 8, the ultimate says, even if you do it, not out of indulgence, just because you need to, some el- there's still some trace of evil that remains in the body. That's right. So it means, Meaning like, there's some klipa left, or there's some? There's some klipa left. So it means like this. If you do something because you need it, or you do something out of lust, even after you do tshuva, okay? We don't do tshuva for eating, but that's fine. What? You don't need to do tshuva, right? Okay? But,
some klipa is going to remain. The only way that you're not going to, the only way that you're going to get 100% total transformation of the klipa is if you go this route. If I eat because I'm hungry, is it true that overall that's going to get absorbed into the mitzvahs that I do? Yes. But some klipa of that act will always remain with me. Okay? You can kind of think of like scarring. When, when you have a scar, that means the wound healed, right? Yeah. But did it totally heal? No. No. There is some effect of having it been wounded and healed. That would have been better if it had never been wounded to begin with. So the, I want to just end on this point very quickly. There are therefore two advantages of doing it this way. Number one, the actual non-mitzvah act enhances your sensitivity to Kedusha. And number two, everything gets transformed into the holiness of the mitzvah. If you do it the second approach, which is what most of the things we do, it actually makes it harder to do the mitzvah and some of the klipa will always remain. And if you do something out of lust, it's even more difficult because then in order for it to be elevated, you first need to do tshuva and you're still gonna have the fact that some of the klipa is going to remain. So, but at the end of the day, cost-benefit analysis, once you get to here, even if you took this lowest approach, it's still, you're better, you're better off, right? Because whatever little klipa remains, far, far is outweighed by the kedusha of the mitzvahs, right? So as long as the thing you started out with was klipa snoga, in the long run, the gains outweigh the cost. But that being said, if you run a business and you want to, you want to minimize your cost, right? You don't want to, you want to say, well, I'm making more than I'm losing, so that's good enough. No, you want to make as much as you can and lose as little as you can. Hence, the altar was saying, if you want to maximize the amount of kedusha, minimize the amount of klipa in your life, you need to be aware of this. Okay? Does that make sense? For the yes. lost track, is the klipas left in the three of your and some No, 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 no. It's left in just klipa snoga. Because oh. you, you, you free the klipa snoga by doing 100%. Yeah. Okay.